0: Would you pray with me this morning? Father, as the psalmist wrote, out of the depths we cry to you, and so we come to you this morning out of the depths of difficulty, and especially what we're gonna talk about this morning, out of the depths of delay. And God, we ask that you would give us patience and give us the light in that delay. Apart from you, God, we are hopeless, we're needy, we're sinful. So Father, help us to wait for you. Help us to put our full hope and confident expectation in you. That you hear us, your children, but that also you are doing something. And God, the delay is not an accident and it's not in, out of your view. And it's not in surprise to you, but you are doing something in and through it. There's design and purpose in it and power over it. And so God, I pray for all of us in here. Help us to wait for you as the psalmist wrote. Father, we thank you for this time to, to talk about you, to open your word, to see your revelation of who you are and, and what you say and your promises and your truth and who we are in your son, Jesus Christ. May you give us eyes and ears to hear that we may see and behold your glory and be forever changed. And Father, as I prayed this week and this morning that your spirit would be working in a mighty and a powerful way, even now, softening our hearts, making us tender toward the gospel, that when your word is revealed, we would be ready, we would hear and see and be changed for your glory. God, I cannot do this without you, and I pray that you would help me in these moments, help me not to worry about being flashy or or a great presenter, but help me to be faithful to the text. We're excited for what you will do, for your word is always true. It is alive. It is active. God, we look forward with great expectation for what you will do in our life in this moment, in what you have already done through your music And then as we go home in the car and in our houses and in the work week this next week, Father, thank you for these moments. We ask all of this in Jesus and his mighty and his beautiful and his precious name. Amen. Please have a seat. If you're new to Bethel this morning or somewhat new, uh, along with helping out with the music, on the other side of things, I am also blessed to be the youth pastor here at Bethel Baptist Church and going on year uh, number six. And uh, it's been awesome, and it's an incredible time in our youth ministry in the fact that um, God is bringing many, many teens uh, right to us uh, through our school and through the church. And uh, my sister-in-law, Karen, she does the enrollment, and just on a couple days ago, she said we're over 900 students. That's just incredible. That's, that's praise to the Lord. That's incredible. And it's, yeah, you can, you can clap for that. That's the Lord. That is all the Lord and his faithfulness and his work. And he is bringing students uh, through the school and through the church here to be ministered to. And our youth ministry uh, cannot run without an amazing staff. And I, so I just want to give a shout out. And at first I was like, I, I don't know if I should, but uh, if you read through the epistles, uh, the, the, the epistles, Uh, They gave shout-outs to people at the beginning, at the end. So I want to give a shout-out to my staff. So if you uh, work in any uh, ministry at SCS, if you teach um, teenagers, uh, and then also on on BBC side, Sunday school, youth group, if you have any ministry with teenagers, would you stand up uh, right now? I just want to say thank you to you. All right, I know there are more of you. I know many are gone Yes, thank you. Uh, these are some of the incredible youth staff that we have. We could not do without you, and I just want to say thank you in a public way. I'm sorry, and you can give me smoke later on or whatever. That, um, that's not like a, a bad smoke. That's just like, okay, we'll, we'll keep going. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, what did uh, okay. Uh, if you're interested in helping with youth ministries, we'd love uh, to add more people and more help. So come and see me, come and talk to me. We'd love to find a way for uh, to get you plugged in as we minister to the youth uh, here in the church and in the school. As you have seen through email and some uh, posts on social media, um, with the current and uh, many new teens that God is bringing, we're wanting to address the need for counseling and having hard conversations with the youth, especially nowadays. So we're gonna be adding two youth. Uh, coordinators to our staff, one male and one female, and uh, to help us with that. And they're going to be working for both SCS and Bethel Baptist Church. They're going to help coordinate activities and provide that counseling and that conversation and help uh, to run programs. And so I ask that you would help to welcome them when they come. Their official start date is August the 15th I think they should be here maybe before that. So if you see them, welcome them, uh, be friendly, introduce yourself to them. And I also, also ask that you would pray for us, wisdom for planning and, and mission success uh, that God has given to us uh, in the youth and the ministry. Right where you sit, uh, I usually speak, and right where you sit are, are teenagers throughout the school year, middle school. And high school and teens from all over, from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of different churches. And what I usually do, I, I like to get a little bit of feedback. So I'm going to try to do that. I know sometimes the uh, administrators are a little like, because I don't know what people are going to say. And so I don't have to, usually I have to preface Uh, Okay, when we give testimonies, we'll be thankful for puppies and all those. Those are really good, but let's go a little bit deeper. And I don't think necessarily we have to do that today. And so, camera guys, I know you asked me, is there anything out of the ordinary? And I said, no, but maybe this is one. So I'm just going to kind of come down here. I'm going to ask you for what are some examples of delay in life that we all experience? And what I ask this, I'm not, uh, don't feel like this is about you. It could just be, anything. So what are some examples of delay that we all experience in life? You just raise your hand and I'll kind of, yes, I'll, yes, traffic. Yes, how many of you just this morning delay in traffic? If you came on a Roselle Road, maybe, maybe you had it there. We just drove from uh, Michigan back to Illinois and there was lots of delay in traffic. Many. What else? What other delays do we experience in life? This is usually how it is. And one person goes, and then you're like, oh, God. yeah, there we go. Yes. Um, answers, to prayer. answers to prayer. Yes, good things. Things that we pray, God, would you please do this? Salvation for somebody, or a, a, a health request, or something. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. That's good. Those are two really good ones. What else? What other delays do we experience in life? Do what? Telephone (laughs) telephone trees, yes. 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 Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes, and that's a good point. Not just in your life, but in, in those around you. We'll take a couple more. What other delays do we experience in life? They don't have to be anything big and crazy. Uh, For some, having children. Yeah, having children. If you have young children, then you know. I have uh, young children, and I'm just like, man, this is a lot of delay. Hey, let's go for a walk. 30 minutes later, I thought we were going for a walk. Oh, wait, we've got to get everything together. Right? Okay, let's go to the store. All right. Okay, let's see. Okay. Right? And it's just, it's delay. And I love my children, but let me tell you. Talk about delay. Yes, there's much delay. Yes? Time, and then a mm. Amen. Praise yeah. the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. And, and that's an example of a very, very long delay. Uh, how many of you experienced delay at the grocery store or the um, food drive-in line within this, probably this last weekend? Okay, a little bit, not too much. I tell you, I, I always get delay. And I feel like the Lord is always teaching me. I'm like, oh, great, there's an open line. I go there and right, and uh, Pertilla's yesterday and delay, and just, I feel like the Lord always teaches me delay, and I I feel like I'm pretty patient, and sometimes people are like, oh, you're great, you're patient, I'm like, yeah, and then the Lord's like, ah, let's let's work on that a little bit more. All that to say this, let me ask you this question, what is your delay? What is the, the big delay in your life? It could be one of these things that people have mentioned But what is your delay that you are facing right now? Something that has not happened or something is slow to happen or something has stopped, what is that delay in your life? And it's important that we talk about it and we see what the word of God says about the delay because it's something that we all uh, experience in life, whether big or whether small. But what if something beyond impatience and or anxiety awaited us on the other side of delay? What if that was the case? And this morning, we're gonna look and see how Jesus had something glorious for a man on the other side of delay, for a man named Jairus, and how he has the same for us, for you and for me in our delay. So if we rewind a few Sundays, uh, we've seen Jesus teaching on parables about the kingdom of God. And we kind of transitioned over to seeing Jesus showing his power in his miracles over every sphere of creation. We've seen it over nature and the storms. We've seen it over demons, the spiritual world. We've seen it last week through the disease of that woman with the issue of blood. And today we will even see that Jesus has power even over death. So if you turn with me to Mark chapter 5, verses 35 through 41, please. Mark chapter 35 through 41. As you're turning there, let me apologize. I don't have PowerPoint this morning. It was late last night. Uh, we got back from vacation yesterday afternoon. So I was scrambling, trying to get everything ready, and Sunday school, and the music stuff. And I just, I didn't have time to do PowerPoint. So you just have to look at that on your phone or in, uh, on your physical Bibles. If not, there may be some Bibles in the pews in front of you. Mark chapter 5, verses 35 through 41. While he was still speaking, and that's Jesus, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha, kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Delay. It's something exponentially more than we think or that we realize. Delay, it is something exponentially more than we think or what we often realize. If you're taking notes, this would be, I guess, point number one, is that I want you to see the distress that often comes in delay. The distress that often comes in delay. Verse 35 says this, While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And if we review from last week's story, Jairus goes to Jesus in desperate faith to heal his daughter, who is dying. And Jesus agrees and he goes with him, but they are interrupted by the woman with the blood issue. And as we saw last week, Jesus delays. Jesus delays intentionally. He could have just let it go and he knew, and, but he delays And in those moments, I'm sure, it doesn't say in the text, but Jairus was in distress. Anxiety, pain, thinking probably, Jesus, there is no time. My daughter is dying and we've got to go. Time is of the essence. And along with the crowd and disciples, I'm sure it seemed something like spiritual malpractice. Negligent treatment. And I'm sure if they were in triage in that moment when you have the girl dying and you have this woman who, yes, has a serious issue but is not dying, people might have thought, Jesus, like, w- w- I don't understand. There is a greater need here, but you are delaying. And I'm sure in those moments, J. Iris was in distress. And oftentimes, God does the same thing in our life. He delays something in our life. Maybe it's a relationship, or a career, the next step, or the next phase of life, or an answer to, answer to prayer, and God delays in our life. If you, uh, if you would turn with me to James chapter one, verse two, and you can kind of hold your finger there or put a marker in there. We'll kind of we'll flip back and forth between there. James chapter one, verse two. I want you to see that God delays in our life, and he does it with uh, a design. James chapter 1, verse 2, and it says this familiar verse Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. We could insert delay into that word trials, and we could read it like this Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet delay of various kinds. Big delay, like you're waiting for children. Small delay, you're in the grocery store line and it's taking forever. And God delays many times in our life. And if you notice the language here, it doesn't say, if you meet delay, but when. Not if, but when. And oftentimes, we find ourselves like Jairus in those moments of delay. And it reminds me of that word anxious in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, don't be anxious. And that word means to be the tendency to be torn apart by worry, and you know you've probably felt it, to be consumed and worried so much, you, you can't, it's hard to focus. And I'm sure in the moments, Iris felt that. And oftentimes in our moments of delay, we feel the same thing, just torn apart, and we're anxious and consumed, and that's all we can think about. But not just that, we, we become impatient, become on edge and irritable. And the problem is because of sin. Because of sin, and we are fearful. Let me tell you this morning that I, I am fearful. There are many fears in my life. And this week, there was, there was one. And it was this, the fear that I, I'm not going to have enough time to faithfully um, expound the text. And to faithfully do a good job. But also the fear of man. What will they think if I, if I, if I don't have something flashy or if I'm not funny? And there's, there is that fear that I struggled with this week as well. And because of that, I had to fight impatience and and irritability, being on vacation, trying to do sermon prep. But we also, not just, we don't just struggle with this because we're sinful and fearful, but we live in an instant culture, right? Don't we live in an instant culture? It's interesting that, that we as a society, we try to eliminate as much delay as we can. Right, you think about it in every aspect. Uh, amusement parks, the fast passes, you don't have to wait in long lines. Uh, curbside pickup for your food. Uh, you could do order and grab it from the shelf. Uh, you can do uh, grocery store pickup. You don't have to skip the lines. Um, faster and faster internet speed. Amazon Prime two-day shipping. And even if you cannot wait, they might have storage lockers. Same-day pickup, you can order it and then go pick it up that same day. And it's interesting that our culture is an instant culture. We don't like to wait and be in delay. And we try to remove every amount of delay that we can. And so we're sinful, we're fearful. uh, We live in an instant culture. And because of that, oftentimes we have wrong thoughts. Because we're fearful. Thoughts like this, like, I don't have time for this. Or it is not happening in my time frame. In the time frame that I want it and I need it to happen, it is not going to happen. And because we have wrong thoughts, we have wrong behaviors. and We get impatient and irritable, easily on edge and anxious. And so oftentimes when we meet delay, we have distress and we are impatient. And I'll be the first one to admit my impatience. You can ask my wife. So that is the first point I want you to see. Oftentimes, in moments of delay, we find ourselves in moment of distress. Secondly, I want you to see the design in the delay. I want you to see the design in the delay that you and I face. Look at verse 36 of Mark chapter five, verse 36. It says this, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. And Jesus had a design in the delay to grow Jairus' initial faith. It wasn't just by accident that he's gonna delay and oh, it caught me off guard. There was a specific design that Jesus had for Jairus in the moment of his delay, and that was to grow his initial faith. Jesus asked Jairus more than he expected. I think Jairus expected to trust Jesus just enough to get home, hoping that his daughter would not die. But Jesus says this, do not fear, only believe. And I thought that's so interesting that Jesus would say that after they heard that his daughter was dead. And Jesus asked him to be patient. And he asked them to suspend all conventional wisdom about the finality of death because Jesus has a design in that delay. And not just for J. Iris, but also for us. Isn't that the same way, that God has the same design to grow in our life? And that's the faith. That is the design that he has for us in our delay. Look back at James chapter 1, verse 3. And I want you to show you this testing of faith, this growing of faith that God designs for you and I in the delays that we face, that we meet. James chapter one, verse three says this, for you know that the testing of your faith, it does something, it produces steadfastness. This process, this growing of faith, the spiritual maturity through delay. And that is the design that God has for you and for me in the delay that we are facing or that we will face this week. And like Jairus, God also asks us oftentimes more than what we expect. Oftentimes we expect a quick and uh, desperate prayer, a Hail Mary prayer. God, please help me. I didn't study for this, plus, this test. Please give me A+. plus. And we expect instant results sometimes. But God oftentimes asks us for more than what we expect maybe more than what we want to give. Take, for example, what God says and he asks us to do when we face anxiousness in moments of delay. If you think about it, our culture is instant, to go and to do it, to to grab it and let's do it, let's make it happen. But God calls us to trust him and to do something uh, counter-cultural and to suspend the conventional wisdom of what we feel like what we should do. Turn to Philippians chapter four, verse six, and I want you to notice what does God call us to do? What does does sometimes God ask us more than maybe what we're willing to to do? And that is to suspend the, the conventional wisdom of what we think we should do. So Philippians chapter four, verse six, it says this, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. What's interesting is that when we face delay and we face the tendency to to do something, God asks us to stop and he asks us to pray, which kind of goes against the grain of our culture. If something's wrong, if something hasn't happened, we've got to make it happen. We've got to go out and to do it. But God sometimes asks you and I to do different things than what the world does. Different things from conventional wisdom. And so while you and I are impatient, Jesus is punctual. Maybe that like, I don't know if that's that could be a tweet or a little note in there. While we are impatient, Jesus is punctual. The word punctual means it's on time. It's at the proper time. While you and I, we get impatient because of fear, Jesus is always punctual, especially in our delay. And while the world says instant and the world says now, God says wait, wait for me, wait for my timing. It's interesting, the cultural differences on time. Uh, for all that, maybe the different cultures, time is relative. So let's take suburban uh, culture of time And it's on time. If we're going to start at 10.30, and we're going to say that, we're going to start at 10.30 no matter what. If it goes 10.31, we're late. As opposed to where I grew up, we have something called Hawaiian time. And like probably many other cultures, it happens when it happens. And punctuality is when it happens. Hey, I thought we were starting at 6 o'clock. It's 7 o'clock and no one's here yet. Oh, well, it'll happen when it happens. In a lot of cultures, time is relative. Uh, I remember when my wife and I, well, we got married and we moved out to Hawaii. She's from here in uh, Chicagoland suburbs. And uh, it was just something that she just, it just kind of blew her mind. Like, they said we're going to start at 5 and we're here and nobody's here. I'm like, well, that's what they say, but we'll start probably 5.30, 6 or whatever. And I remember, it's just always a struggle, just different. One time we were at a four-way stop in Hawaii, and it was just so laid back. People were like, oh, no, you go. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you go. Right? you go. And there's people playing ukuleles on the side and music in the background. I'm just, not really. And my wife said, just, why doesn't somebody just go, right? And you know here, if you're at a stop sign and someone doesn't go, someone's just going to go, right? They're not going to wait for you. Cultural, the cultural differences in time is relative. Our time, punctuality means this and and punctuality means this. But when it comes to God's timing, God has a different set of time. And it's not relative. It's perfect. It's always punctual. Um, Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9 says this. Let me read it to you. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And we can add on, and my timing than your timing. While the world's definition of time is relative and cultural differences, God's timing is not relative. It's absolute and perfect and punctual. And this is the right thought that you and I need to have. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, to take captive so that we obey Christ. We can be patient in the delay that we're facing. Because it's hard. Delay is not easy. But I want you to remember there is design in our delay and Jesus is always punctual, perfect, waiting for the right time. Point number three is I want you to see the display in delay. So we've seen oftentimes the distress that we have in delay. Um, We've seen the design we have in delay. But I want you to see finally the display in delay. Look at verse 37 through 41 of Mark chapter 5. Verses 37 through 41. And it says this, "...and he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John and the brother of James." What I find interesting is Jesus left one crowd because remember, the the crowds were incredible and he leaves one set of crowd and he finds another set of crowd. Verse 38, and they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. That's just what they did back then. They would hire professional wailers and weepers, music and song and and wailing and they would hire them. Because of Jairus' status, it would probably be a pretty loud crowd. Verse 39, And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Jesus intends to raise her from the dead. And the crowd, they laugh at him because they misunderstand him. They take it literally. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Verse 41, and taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl I say to you. And the translation there means honey, get up. It's what a parent would say to a child. Hey, honey, wake up. It's time to get up. It's time to go to church. Verse 42, and immediately the girl got up and began walking for she was 12 years of age. And I was going to put something in here about teenagers because um, you know, I'm the youth pastor up here, but actually, at 12 years old, I think you were already ready for marriage. How many of you are 12 years old in here? Do you have any 12-year-olds in here? Maybe, no? No 12-year-olds? All right, okay, maybe one or two. All right, this would be the time where your parents would be getting ready to, for you to get married and trading stocks and whatever, I don't know, whatever else, arranged marriages. So I guess, so I can't use that, but Um, let me just continue. In verse 42, and they were immediately overcome with amazement and he strictly charged them that no one should know this and he told them to give her something to eat. So here, I want you to see the display in the delay and Jesus displays, he exhibits in a place easily to be seen the power of God by taking the hand of the dead girl and raising her to life. On a side note, let me just kind of back up and, and, and let me encourage you to see who Jesus is and his mercy. If you think through the last three miracles, they were all had something to do with impurity. The demon-possessed man living among the tombs, he would have been ritually unclean. The woman with the issue of the blood, ritually unclean. And the dead girl, a dead body, for Jesus to touch her would be ritually unclean. But Jesus moves past all of that in His mercy and His grace, and He ministers to all of those people. And I just want to say on the outset, what a merciful God that we have, and He ministers to us in our sin, in our impurity, and what a loving God that we have today. Jesus is not merely a political Messiah; rather, He is the rather this Messiah. He is God. He is the eternal son. He is Yahweh who has come in the flesh. And it's very important for us to realize this. It's critical since only God has the power to deliver and to save. And this is who our God is. His power is clearly seen as power over even death, the great, the final enemy. This is who Jesus is. And while Jesus asked Jairus for more than he expected, Jesus also gave him more than what he could ever imagine. You see, Jairus asked him for healing. Heal my dying daughter. But Jesus gave him a resurrection. And God continues to display that power in our life through the gospel. On the cross, Jesus, in a matter of speaking, lost the hand of the Father so that he could raise us up from dead in sin to alive in Jesus Christ. Listen to what Ephesians chapter two, verse five says. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Again, it's not from good to bad, or good to great, or or bad to great. It is from dead in sin to alive in Jesus Christ. And this is freeing. It is status-changing news for us this morning that Jesus has done everything needed to have a relationship with God. And it's freeing because it's not advice. It's not advice of here are 10 things that you need to do. It is freeing because Jesus has done everything for you and I to have a relationship with God. And the gospel says it's not about what you must do. It's about what Jesus has already done. And this is the gospel. And let me encourage you, speaking of time. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 says, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you do not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you are still dead in your sins, this merciful God who moves past the impurity of the people who were outcast, He is calling you. For salvation and saying, believe in me. And he says, today is the day of salvation. The time is now in this moment. Would you call upon the name of the Lord right now in this favorable time? If you want to talk with somebody after, please come and find me. I would love to do that. Find someone else, someone in the same pew as you, one of the other pastors the deacons, anyone else, we would love to show you and to talk to you more about what does this mean? What is this relationship, this gospel that you and I can have? So while we are impatient, Jesus is punctual, but while we are impatient, Jesus is also powerful. He is the ultimate parent who leads us by the hand through any delay and has the power over everything. Every circumstance, every situation. And again, this is another right thought that you and I need to have to take captive to obey Christ. Because God is punctual and powerful, you and I can be patient in delay. I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes. I know in those moments when my kids are crying and there's, I gotta go here and I gotta do this, I, sometimes I feel like I just cannot be patient. And I just, ugh, oh, why does it have to be so hard? But because Jesus is punctual and perfect in his timing and because he is powerful over every delay, you and I, we can be patient. We can trust him and be patient. But it doesn't just stop there. Because God is punctual and powerful, you and I can go further and we can even delight in delay. Yes, you heard me right. You and I, we can delight in the delay that we face. And you're like, what? That sounds crazy. I don't think that says that in the Bible. Again, turn back with me to James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 2. So, not only can we be patient, but guys, or people of God, we can be patient. Chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials and delays of various kinds. We we can be patient, but we can also delight in the delay that God has for us. And let me encourage us. This is the delay that we need to display to those people around us, to our neighbors. One author says your neighbor is, yes, it's your physical neighborhood, but your neighbor is anyone in the same time and in the same space as you, as we see in the parable of the Good Samaritan. So your neighborhood is always changing. You have a neighborhood right here. You have a neighborhood in your car. Uh, in the line at the grocery store, at work, on your sports team, at school, your neighborhood is always changing, and you have many, many neighbors. And this display in delay is what God can use in the life of somebody else. And he talks about Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Right? What does he say? He says, shine your light. Let your light shine so that others may see your good works, your patience, your delight, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God isn't limited to doing one thing in one person's life at a time. One author says this, that God is always doing 10,000 things at the same time in your life and in those around you. You see, it wasn't just Jairus and Jesus. But if you remember, if you look back through the text and look through all the people who were there, it's Jairus and Jesus and the crowds and the other crowd and the disciples and Jairus' wife and his daughter and there were many, many other people. And what God aims to do in your life, he also aims to do and in, in work in the lives of those people around you. Patience, delighting. And you know what? When you delight in delay, that is a very bright light. How many times can you think that you have seen someone delight in delay? It's kind of weird, right? Even for Christians, it's like, oh, they're kind of weird. Like, what are they doing? But that is the display, the radical light shine that God desires for us to display in our delay. It's not just you that God aims to work at. It's your husband. It's your wife. It's our children, your coworkers, your classmates, your teammates, your workmates, everybody around you. My friends, let me encourage us. Let us be this shining light of delighting in delay so that people stop and they look and they say, "What? What?" you're different. What, what is that? Man, let me tell you, I am fearful and impatient just like everyone else, but I know Jesus, and he is punctual, and he is powerful. That way, I can, I can delight. I can be patient. Let me tell you about this, Jesus. Let me show you and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Delighting in delight is the light your neighbors need to see. And again, like Jairus, even though God often asks us to give more than what we expect, God gives us far more than what we could imagine. We oftentimes ask for instant relief and maybe expect instant results for the waiting to be over, the thing to happen, but God gives us glorious transformation, something called sanctification, where we become less like ourselves and more like Jesus. And that is something more than we, we often far more expect or even imagine. So let me talk about your delay. I asked you at the beginning, what is your delay that you're facing in life? To that, let me encourage you. Jesus is punctual, perfect in that timing. Jesus is powerful in and through and over that delay and every person and everything in that delay. But Jesus is also loving. Losing the hand of the Father so he could raise us up and lead us by the hand through any delay that we face. I always like to get really, really specific and to apply the text, especially when we, we uh, talk with the teens. So let's get real practical here. A simple, common example, let's say we're in the grocery store line and there is a delay, or you're in the drive-thru, there is a delay, very common, and you start to feel Impatient. You start to feel anxious. Let me encourage you to do what God tells us to do, and that is to pray. So, you're like, okay, well, I pray. What do I pray? Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Well, it says this. This is exactly what you can pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In those moments of impatience and, and anxiousness, pray. Pray this, God, I, I feel anxious. I feel uh, impatient and irritable and I don't know what to do about it and, and, I, and help me to see the design that you have for me in this moment. Help me, to, help me to see the power that you have over this. Help me to see that you intend for me to grow my faith but also display it right here to my children or my wife or my husband or the people around me. Help me to display that and to de- delight in that. And that is what you pray. So start off, let me just say, by praying. And then, instead of the common practice to medicate on distraction, right, that's what we normally do. The first moment of de- delay usually, right? You're waiting. The first moment of boredom, delay. Whoosh, instinct, habit. Sometimes we don't even know what we're going to do or whatever. Just whoosh, on there. And we medicate on distraction, don't we? We do that oftentimes. Let me challenge you, don't just pray and then, all right, because you'll probably just go there. But let me encourage you to meditate on God's word. Don't medicate on distraction, meditate on God's word. What we've talked about here this morning, the design that in that moment of delay that God intends to stretch your faith to grow you. There's a reason for it and God has power in it and he is loving and if he did not abandon you um, in, 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 in and on the cross, he will not abandon you in your delay. And to do that mental battle to fight and get rid of those wrong, unbiblical thoughts. And again, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, to take captive those right thoughts and focus on what God is saying and who he is. And then you find delight in your delay. Can you imagine what your marriage will look like if we delight in delay? And We pray and we meditate on God's word. Can you imagine what your car Will look like in your home life, in your school life, if we were people who delighted in delay. That's a radical example. So in closing, let me say this. It's easy to say, but it's difficult to do. I can stand up here and say, all right, guys, you go do it. Come on. Let's be delighters in delay. But it's hard. Let me tell you this, the power to be patient and to delay in our delay, it comes from what we would say the Sunday school answer is or are, and that's the word of God, and that's prayer. So very quickly, right thoughts, right? Our right biblical thoughts comes from the consistent intake of God's word. Psalm chapter 160, so 119 verse 160 says this. The sum of your word is truth. And right thoughts come from God's word, which is truth. And we need those right thoughts. We need that consistent intake of who God is and what does he have for us, his display, his design, his power. But not just that, we need prayer. We need the power of prayer to overcome fear and impatience and anxiety. And it comes through prayer. Again, Philippians chapter four, verse seven. This is what I tell the teens every week. Maybe you're struggling to, read the word of God and to pray. And you're like, I just, it's hard and it's difficult and I I just, I struggle with it. This is what I encourage them with is to maybe not focus on so much on be a goal setter. I'm gonna read my Bible and I'm gonna pray every day. That's good. It probably won't last too long, but instead to focus on systems. Let me just stop and pause and say, true change and power to change comes from our triune God and his work in our life. But on our end, let me challenge you, if you're struggling, to read the word of God and to pray is to set yourself up for success, to have good systems. And what I mean by that is something like this, is to have a plan. Have a plan of what you're going to read. Otherwise, if you're just going to say, I'm going to be a Bible reader, I'm just going to, I'm going to get there, oh, all right, maybe a couple of days, ah, just have a plan. So something like this is great. This is called the Everyday Bible. I've been doing this for the last couple of weeks and I love it. It's great. It's easy. When I wake up, boom. Has the date, boom. It has, I'm oh, sorry, not boom. Uh, there it has uh, the Old Testament, exactly what you're gonna read. It has the New Testament. It has a Psalm and a Proverb. You can customize it. You, can, you don't have to do it in a year. You can go through the Old Testament in one year and then the New Testament, but have a plan. Bible reading apps, there's so many. Have a plan. Not just don't have a plan, but... Have accountability. Do it with somebody. Hey, did you read? No, I, I missed the last couple. Hey, that's right. You know what? Get to it. Let's do it together. What, you know, what did you see? Who did you hear? Come on, let's do this. Find the best time of day. Probably at night, laying down is probably not the best time. For me, my best time is early in the morning, cup of coffee. It's quiet. No distractions. For me, that works. For you, it might be a different time. Limit distractions. Again, there's lots of apps and Bible reading plans on here, but I know for me, quickly I can be checking emails and replying and all those kind of things. That's why I like the the physical word of God. Again, it doesn't have to be, but I'm just saying for me, limit distractions. And again, uh, let me close with this. Let me just give you the the one-third principle. If you're struggling, like, I just, I don't know what to do. Split your time up into one-thirds. If you have, whatever time you have, the first third is you read the word of God. The second third is you meditate on what you just read. You just stop and you just think, what did I just read? Who is God? What is he saying? Who am I in Jesus Christ? And then the final third is you pray. You're like, well, I don't know what to pray. You pray what you just read. And it's a good, it's an easy start. The one third principle. Let us be people of patience and delight in delay for we know that our God is, as punctual and powerful and loving. Let's be people who display that delight in delay for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you care enough about us to work in our life. You don't just save us and then I hope you get there. No, you save us and you continue to work out our salvation. And God, one way you do that is through delay. We don't like it. It's difficult. And Father, you know your children in here who are struggling through deep delay and through deep darkness of delay. And maybe it seems like spiritual malpractice. It doesn't make sense. The timing is wrong. And Father, I pray you'd minister to them through your word. And, and through who you reveal yourself to be, a God who is punctual, a God who is powerful, and a God who is loving. Help them to be patient. To wait for you. To place their full hope and confident expectation in you. Father, I pray for for those who struggle with just being patient and all those little waiting, delays and, and, and lines and all that. Father, I pray the same thing that you would work in our hearts. You would grow and you would stretch our faith in and through those delays. And Father, I pray for all of us in this moment. You would help us to delight in delay because we know that you are working in our life and that we would be a radical example to those around us and that you would be glorified. We thank you for this, Father. Thank you for the power to apply through your word, the truth of it, the spirit, the gospel. Father, thank you for that. We ask all of this in Jesus and his precious name. Amen.